Reviewing TV shows and films, dishing out sports picks and dimes, providing you a slice of economics with a hidden gem tied in. Become a paid subscriber to Preston Super Show at anchor.fm slash Preston's Super Show slash subscribe. Thanks for listening and God bless. Welcome to Press the Super Show. Thank you for joining me. Thank you. Thank you. You know, the podcast is one of my favorite things to do. I do a lot of things, folks. And, you know, the podcast has always been one thing in my life. Outside of music, outside of writing. And there is some writing that I do for the podcast. But a lot of times I just go off script. Just let me talk to you the way I want someone to talk to me. Straight talk. That's what everybody needs a little of every week. A little straight talk. And that's what you get here on the Super Show. Every week, I'm, I'm coming to you with something. I know you want the 1923 review. You're going to get that. You're going to get that this week. But right now, we got to recap what happened this weekend. Right? We had WWE NXT Vengeance. We had Bellator. We had UFC. I mean, we had a lot of stuff this weekend. We had a Pro Bowl that really didn't feel like a Pro Bowl. We had a NASCAR race. Uh, clash at the Coliseum, the Bush Classic. Um, folks, sports are still very active. I mean, football, yes, it's moving to the back burner, but then you get spring football, you get USFL, XFL coming around the corner. I mean, football's alive and well. You don't have to worry about that. I mean, there's a lot of people that still watch the Canadian Football League. I mean, it's still a pretty big thing to a lot of people. You know, basketball and hockey. Uh, I did watch a few basketball games lately. Watch a college game. Not impressed. Sloppy. And it was Illinois. I, I like to watch the fighting line. I've actually been to where they play. Um, and it's a good experience. I mean, that's a real, real, you know what I mean? Elite level basketball team. And you get to go watch those guys play. It's very special. But, you know, basketball is, is what it is. And um, hockey is what it is. And when those start to push towards the end of the season, they become more interesting. But during the main majority of that season, it's based on geographical preference. Like wherever you live, that's probably who you watch or someone around that region, right? It's all regional. But I want to open with a story. I want to do that today. I got a good story in my head. I've been working through. Real story, true story. So put it to you like this. I know somebody, right? Close to me. And they worked a hard life. Real hard. You understand? So let me put that in a perspective for you. They worked a very hard life, folks. Very hard. And this woman gave everything to the company she worked for. Rain, sleet, or snow. Showed up, did the job, right? Probably sounds familiar, huh? I want to talk about the culture of the workplace today. You know, everybody starts a new job, and they say the exact same thing, right? 
I love this job. I love the people. They're great. Give them time. They'll have something to complain about. Give them more time. They'll have everything to complain about. Okay? That's why they have so much PTO time in companies and so much time away from the job because the actual job itself is monotonous and becomes a cancer that eats away at your free time, eats away at your life. But you need money, don't you? You got to pay the bills, don't you? So you have to accept it. So this woman goes on working and working. They give her more work because so many people don't like the job. They hate it. They come in there for a couple weeks, get a check or two. They're gone. They're moving to something else, something way better because this job is not that good. But at one point, it was a good job. Then technology got involved. And you notice that when technology got involved, those good jobs that maybe took a little more elbow work or a little more elbow grease become not so good jobs anymore. Is anybody else catching on to that? Well, maybe me. I've worked with technology all of my work years. Every year I've worked, I've worked with technology. And I can tell you right now, that is not always the answer. Sometimes the good old-fashioned way is the way, right? This woman gave everything to that company. Lost a lot of time, a lot of years you'll never see again. The day this woman was going to retire, they wanted to throw her a party. They wanted to throw her a party. Thank you for over 15 years you put into this company. Thank you. On the day of that party, they came to her. The day she's set to retire. You know that po- that party we were going to have for you? You know that party? We can't have that party today. We're too swamped. We're too behind. That, folks, is a cold lesson in life. You will give everything. You will give blood, sweat, tears. You will sacrifice. But they will not meet you in the middle. They will not meet you anywhere close to what you're willing to give them. No matter how bad you want it. They don't want you as bad. No matter how bad you need it. They don't need you as bad. No matter how much you suffer. They do not suffer at all. This is the culture of today's workplace. A sad reality. And a harsh truth. All combined. Put in a blender. Smeared on toast with a knife. It makes me sick to my stomach. To know. That that's how someone will be done. And this wasn't a young younger person. This was an older person. 
I could understand maybe a younger person. Look, you got 15 years, but look, you're like 30 something. I mean, you're going to go to another job and you're going to have a great time. You know what I mean? You're going to move on with your life to something bigger and better. No, no, no. This was the end of the road. This is it. And you couldn't even do one small nice thing for someone who's done years and years of nice things. That company should be ashamed. As a matter of fact, nobody should ever want to work for that company or any company that doesn't value you. And folks, there's not many. There's not many. And you're going to find that out. You're going to find that out the hard way. You're going to get comfortable. And as soon as you get comfortable, smack Right on the wrist. Then you're going to, you know, have that little bit of anxiety, a little bit of pressure. Then what happens next? Make a mistake. There's your second strike. The mental capacity of the workplace is a reflection of the management. And when the management is poor and disconnected and not involved with the employees or not caring or not speaking and just coming by and saying a little hello, a little hi, save the hellos and the highs. Tell me what you're going to do for me so I don't waste 20 years in this hellhole with a bunch of stiffs bunch of goof heads and when I come back we'll be breaking down UFC Bellator and WWE I'm gonna give you flashpoints I'm gonna give you the flashpoints of the night okay I'm gonna give you the you know what, what kind of happened what really stood out to me I've you know watched it all I had everything going I mean you know I'm I'm, I'm here so this is what you got today folks thanks for listening to the first part of this show I'll be right back after this. Thank you. God bless you. We'll get to the flashpoints of Bellator here. It was a good Bellator card. I mean, it wasn't their best card they've had, but it it was exciting. It wasn't boring. There was a lot of even matchups, and and that's what I want to see. You know, I want to see even contests, you know, not one person that's way, way, way better than the other guy, and we just, you know, the fight's over. No, no, no. Let's, Let's see a real fight. I don't mind it going to decision. So... First fight, and let, let me say on Bellator, I end up going seven wins, six losses, and one draw. What can you do? I mean, it, it, it was a tough card to pick looking at it no matter how you split it. So you were going to be missing some anyways. But I end up going positive on the card. So, I mean, that's all you can do. All you can do is aim for better on the next Bellator, right? So let's talk about uh, flashpoints, like I said. Nikita Mikhailov defeats Darian Caldwell. I picked that right. And what I really liked about uh, Nikita in that fight is that he got bullied a little bit and then he turned it on in the second, late second round, uh, whole third round. He was he was dominating that fight, but that first round he was getting bullied, but he made it he made it a fight of it and won by decision. Then we moved on to a, a women's fight at flyweight. The last fight was at bantamweight. Uh, Diana Azaragov defeats Alejandra, Laura, and let me tell you, both of these women are good. Like, it's hard to judge 
what the potential is, what the ceiling is on a fighter. But I can tell you they're both good. They're both fought admirably. I picked Asgarov, and uh, she did win. She did win the fight. And uh, it was close because it went to decision. And, I mean, in my opinion, that could have went either way. Um, But she was the cleaner fighter. Alejandro was getting a little bit wild with her strikes. I felt like when you start getting wild, the judges take that as you're losing. So, I don't know. If a fighter hears this, there you go. You got a tip. Grant Neal at light heavyweight defeats Carl Albertson. And this was the fight where you see Carl Albertson and you really seen that he's kind of just a big guy. He's kind of just a big guy that needs more training. Because Grant Neal, I mean, if you can outstrike him and you're not that great of a wrestler, he's going to take you down. That's what he did for over three rounds. He ends up winning the fight. I pick Grant Neal. I mean, you can't go against him right now. It's not a good idea. Then we got a, a kind of a fight that we, you know, no one really expected. Where Chris Gonzalez upsets Max Roshkov with a second round TKO. And he just obliterated him. And the problem Roshkov is going to have is now everybody has that film. That when the pressure is applied on him with the striking. That he's he's susceptible. So yeah, Gonzalez surprised me winning that one. I didn't have him to win it. The next fight ended up in a draw. Which I thought was wrong. I thought Ali Izev did good in the third round. But Steve Mowry was doing good in the first two rounds. It looked like he had kind of been dominating the fight. And uh, he just couldn't put him out. So Ali ends up bringing this to a draw. And I just think the judges gave this the draw because of that third round. And the success that Ali had. But I mean, that is what it is. It was a draw, so you know, it doesn't count against me. But it doesn't really count for you either. But it doesn't hurt the, the statistics. Or your percentage on your predictions. Then we had a fight that was, this was a hard one to pick. Because a lot of people wanted, you know, to be on the side of Henry Corrales. Just because he is a fierce striker. And then a lot of people just wanted to be on the side of Ahmed Megamedov because of the name. But I actually know that he's very skilled and, and is very great at, at, at mixed martial arts. I mean, he's really good at this. But at a featherweight fight, um, Henry Corrales, being able to take this to the judges and win it by decision, he was the better fighter. Didn't think he would perform at the level he performed at, but you know he surprised me. And I'll remember that, right? Then we had another surprise. It was like it was a couple back-to-back surprises. Where Lorenz Larkin at welterweight knocks out Mokamed Berkamov in the first round, folks. I mean, with a stiff right. And, you know, in mixed martial arts, when you throw your guard up, it's not as good as a boxing guard. Boxing gloves are bigger. They protect more. In mixed martial arts, the gloves are smaller. There's not as much protection. So if you get hit in the right spot, folks, that's it. I mean, that's it. All it takes is the right. They, they hit you. Get hit in the right spot, you're out. And that's what happened here. Lorenz Larkin, man, with that power, whew, did not expect it. Now, 
The next fight, I'm going to tell you what happened in the next fight. Saba Hamasi got outworked. And he got punished. He was way too cocky. And now he got brought back down to reality, right? Because when a fighter gets too cocky, what happens? They get brought back down to reality. This was one of those fights. Something told me to take Brennan Ward. Maybe instincts. Maybe the Irish in him. But Saba Hamasi up to this fight looked like the more complete fighter. So you can't go wrong. I'm not going to fight you for taking Hamasi. I took him. It didn't work out. But Brennan Ward, remember the name. Then we have the human cheat code. I love that nickname. Johnny Eblen. Dude's super good. Dude, I mean, he's good to the point where he could be in the UFC like snap of a finger. He defeats Anatoly Tokov in a five-round decision, folks. I picked picked him to win the five-round decision. I thought it was going to go to decision he'd win, and that's exactly what happened. The reason I say that is because he's not a killer. He's not going to go for the kill. He's a distance fighter. And distance fighters, when you go to the decision, that's what they plan for. That's what they that's what they prep for. So yeah, I, I knew to go with Eblen there. Now I think we can officially say Fedor's done, right? He walked out there, got the crap kicked out of him. I mean, obliterated. I mean, he had no chance. And we were fed a bunch of gossip and lies about Fedor. At this point in his career, he's no longer a threat. And Ryan Bader made quick work of him. Quick. Neiman Gracie. He wins at welterweight. But it wasn't his best performance. And he should have been able to submit this guy. He should have been able to get this guy out of there quick. Nothing against Dante Shiro, but we're talking about Neiman Gracie. And he wasn't able to get this guy out of there quick. So remember that, that yes, I picked Neiman Gracie. Yes, I did, you know, expect him to finish the fight. He, he won the fight, but didn't finish the fight. But, I mean, the pick still counts, you know, on the prediction. You, all you got to do is win the, you know, it's just about points if you're picking everything right. But the main thing is pick the fighter right, because that would be your money line bet. All right. So focus. So Neiman Gracie, his biggest concern, like to me, is at this stage, okay, you're not submitting guys. You're not finishing your opponent. So that there's there's some worry there. Then we move on to Jalen Bates, who defeats Jornel Lugo in a three-round decision. I thought Bates would finish this fight, but Lugo is a tough opponent, so you can't really be mad about that. Because Lugo's a tough opponent. I mean, that's a tough out for any guy in Bellator at Bantamweight. But Jalen Bates is, is better pound for pound. And the other thing about Jalen Bates is he's on the rise where Lugo's plateauing, right? So, you know, picture that. So I got that right. Then we go to Isaiah Hokick. Here's a guy that wants to wrestle. Here's a guy that wants to wrestle. At featherweight, great weight class to wrestle at in in mixed martial arts to be honest with you it's where a lot of wrestlers end up having the most success is at featherweight is what i'm seeing and he beats peter ishiguro in a three-round decision i mean i knew he would win i wanted i wanted to see more of a dominant win though i don't think that was a dominant win i think he wanted more 
And then uh, we finish out the night where Yusuf Karaka defeats Ethan Hughes in a three-round decision. And I don't know. I mean, that that was a, a sketch call. So it is what it is. You pick who you thought was the better of the two. I didn't get that one right. It is what it is. I finished seven wins, six losses, and one draw on Bellator. Did a lot better on UFC. And we'll talk about that next. Now we got UFC Fight Night 218, Lewis vs. Spivak. Recap, and I'm going to go through the flash points of this. Um, this is the one, you know, I do a reel for on Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Facebook. It's all on there. I do a reel, give out all my picks, and then, you know, I put my reputation on the line. I'm not scared because nobody's perfect. Nobody gets them all right. But I'm getting a lot more right than I'm missing, and my record is proof of that. Um, so you can go ahead and look at that, too. But well, let's go over, you know, this this UFC card because I feel I felt good about this UFC card the only thing I didn't feel good about was Derek Lewis losing I didn't feel good about that one that one didn't sit right with me but everything else man eh, made sense and you know what I end up going on this card because one fight got canceled like right when the show's going on um but I end up going seven wins only three I missed and one was a draw yes UFC had a draw and Bellator had a draw I mean, folks, you can't make the stuff up. Start with the beginning on the prelims, which are the exciting limbs. Okay, there's your joke. You like that one. Nice dad joke there. Tatsura Tayara defeats Jesus Aguilar via submission at 420. Let me hear a lighter of round one. And what did I pick, folks? Tatsura Tayara submission round one. Right off the bat to begin the night, I have a perfect pick. And that was easy. It w- That was easy because in my mind, I, I've seen both of them fight. There's a huge difference level in skill. It played out that way. Then John Young Park up against Dennis Tulini. And see, here's the thing about Dennis is, you know, nothing against the guy, but it's hard for the Russians right now. And on top of that, there's no, there's nothing pushing me to that side because I don't see any of the intangibles. With John Young Park, I've watched him go in there and have war against people. So it was no doubt in my mind he would win. I thought it would come later, though, but I did take him, John Young Park to win, you know, and I made a good joke about it. Um, so he wins first round submission. He's going to get a big name now. Then we got another park up next. I picked another park because we didn't like a park. So Hyon Song Park defeats Sang Guk Choi. And the, I mean, the South Koreans were, were working it, folks. South Koreans can fight. He wins third round. I thought it'd be a knockout. He ended up doing it with a submission. Could have could have done either. Then, boy, this the next fight went over so quick. Rinya Nakamura. Man, don't knock Rinya Nakamura. I'm telling you, this guy, they call him the hybrid. There's a name. There's You know, that's a good name, but there's a reason for that name. Toshimo Kazma. This is a guy. 
I didn't understand his game plan, folks. He walked out there, basically hands up, not blocking, just getting obliterated. But he was the aggressor. And if you don't have the same ability or you're less at something, at a skill than someone else, you need to have a different game plan or a different strategy. He abandoned his game plan, folks. And he got knocked out in the first round clean and cold. I mean, he was out like a light. So that was, you know, a win, but very strange scenes. It was a strange scene. It was strange. Then Zhang Yong Lee ends up beating Zai by decision. And I picked Zhang Yong Lee. I mean, folks, we, we started off with a bang right there. That's four in a row. Four in a row. Then what happened was another guy abandoned his game plan. And he he paid for it. Paid for it dearly. And he got cocky. He was like sticking his tongue out, making faces. Oh, you're gonna get work, you're gonna get hurt. And he did, he got hurt. Anshil Jubilee. I want you to remember this guy. He is a great striker. Just like all great strikers, they can be beat, but he's a great striker. And I really am glad I got to watch this fight. The way he fought was what was important. Dominated the entire first round. Jekka Suragai is a good fighter. Now, don't get it twisted. He's going to make a a comeback. He's going to bounce right back. Whoever he's up against next, you don't want to be that guy. He's coming to knock you out because he got destroyed, folks, like destroyed. And if, when you watch the, the tape back, UFC puts up the clip, whatever they do, folks, he got obliterated. And Jubilee ends up winning. And that taught me a valuable lesson right there. You know what I mean? That it's not always about the power, but it's always about the intangibles. Then another surprise. We had a couple surprises. Then another surprise. Adam Fugit defeats Yusaka Yu Kinoshida. Both these guys are actually pretty good. Kinoshida did made the mistake of underestimating his opponent. I can tell you that right now from his face. Because Adam Fugit is really good if he can get your back. You're pretty much done. And it, it didn't go more than a round before Fugit punished him until that was it the ref stopped it so here comes the draw which that was funky to me because i didn't see it as a draw Duho Choi, korean superboy did not have his best performance that was probably a, one of his most lackluster performances so far and kyle nelson rebounded from looking like he was going to lose the fight and he rebounded well. And I thought, I think he's done enough to, to win the fight. Well, the judges said, no, he didn't. And they gave him a draw. But a lot of times those judges are just looking at their phone. So, I mean, what are we, what are we talking about here? They need to make a rule. They need to have a real rule that they're not allowed to be on their phones during work. That's something's wrong with that, folks. That you cannot be a UFC judge, a professional sports judge. Do you see the NFL referees on the sideline on their cell phone? Okay, then. 
So no, folks, this this can't be a thing anymore. UFC needs to crack down on that. Then we had a really good uh, scrap where I laid it out for you on the reel, you know, on the video, I laid it out for you with Marcin Tybura versus Blago Ivanov. Ivanov had the power, but I told you, I told you about the intangibles, all right? Length, size, training, all intangibles, all everything's getting mixed in. And Tybura has all that. Tybura now, okay, here's the thing about Tybura. He doesn't mess with the power, okay? If a guy's stronger than him, he keeps you at a distance. He's going to try for a takedown. He was successful, I mean, but he's going to try for a takedown, one, maybe one or two. And he's going to drag this out. Folks, that's exactly what he did. I mean, he did exactly what I thought he would do. So I know I'm reading things right with this. Three-round decision, he wins. Ivanov just didn't do enough, just didn't throw enough, just wasn't doing any damage sufficiently to change anybody's mind or any direction of how this fight was going to go. We go to the next fight. And this fight was really good. You're talking about a light heavyweight. We go from heavyweight down to light heavyweight. Not a big difference, right? You got two guys who are really, both these guys are studs. Now, here's the problem. This fight was built weird. Da'on Jung, in his last fight, walked out there, got knocked out in the first round. I mean, I literally got a cup, something to drink. I came back. That guy was already on the ground out. They were starting the next fight. They were starting the next fight by the time I came back. I took two seconds. Okay. Doesn't Jacoby flattened him. Now. If Devin Clark would have wanted to throw hands like he like he was starting to do, he could have finished the fight. But he took a different approach. He wanted to make it more about stamina, about grinding, about having a grueling match. And he got that. Because Don Jung's not like a punk. He's a, He was bigger. A little bit stronger in the clinch. But Devin Clark found a way. And this was a good performance for Devin Clark. A lot of people gave up on him. They gave up on the guy. He lost one fight. They gave up on him. Nah, nah, nah. It's not it. You can't judge fighters on their last fight alone. It's about the intangibles. It's about what they're going to do in this fight. What are they bringing to this fight? And he brought a boy in that co-main event. Went all the way. Three rounds. Clark decision. Exactly what I gave you. Exactly what happened. Then we get to the last fight. And... I really love Derek Lewis, man. I love watching the guy. I think he's a great fighter. His story is compelling. I love how he he cares about his grand his, his grandfather so much. I think that's awesome. I like to hear stuff like that. That's a good wholesome story. And I felt like Spivak just felt threatened by everything going on right now. I feel like he just felt like, hey, I'm not getting any attention. Hey, everybody's saying I'm just a bum. Everybody's saying I'm just a guy that can't finish anybody. And he had to go make a statement, right? Now, I took Lewis. It was pretty split down the middle on who was going to win. I think towards the fight, the the, new, the news was kind of circling that Spivak's going to take this to the ground and Lewis is not going to have an answer. 
And that made a lot of sense. And Derek Lewis really didn't want that to happen because right early on, he threw some heavy shots, right? He went real heavy and it didn't work. So he got taken down. He got finished. And it was a quick boom, done. Show's over. And it's a, it's a turning point for both guys now. You know, Lewis, that's your third loss in a row. Spivak, that was the biggest win of your career. Then the interview got awkward, right? Like, Bisping's just trying to do an interview, and this guy just, he's yelling about he wants his money. It gets weird. So, you know, at that point, I'm ready to turn it off, and thank good job, you won, but, uh, you know, work on the interview skills. So he pretty much, you know, does what he has to do, and I think, folks, for the most part, UFC was, with less fights, was funner to watch than Bellator. But the Bellator fights were pretty good, man. I just wish that Bellator was doing it on Fridays. That way I have UFC alone on Saturday. And I need something on Friday, right? Because there's no college football. So I need something on Friday. So Bellator needs to take a step in a different direction with that. When I come back, we'll talk about WWE NXT Vengeance and wrap up the show. I got a hidden gem for you, so make sure you're paying attention. at WWE NXT Vengeance Day and I have the results for you so we'll go over that uh, NXT's tomorrow I'll put the podcast out today today's Monday try to get it up before Raw doesn't matter you know you'll be watching Raw anyways if you like wrestling so it was good I even watched twice yeah why not so Wes Lee up against Dijak for the NXT North American Championship and Wes Lee put on a show didn't he I mean, that guy is all energy. I love me some Wesley. He walked out there, had a great match, a lot of fun, and uh, ends up beating D-Jack. And uh, they both sold it really well. I was I was impressed with that. Then we had Kiana James whew, and Fallon Henley mm-hmm. end up beating Caden Carter and Katana Chance. I couldn't believe it. To become the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. You believe that? Folks, come on now. Then we had Carmelo Hayes up against Apollo Cruz, And see, this was a good match. They Again, Trick Williams, you know, um, being there behind uh, Carmelo. Really makes sure he's not going to lose. So Carmelo Hayes does defeat Apollo Cruz in a two out of three falls match with the help of Trick Williams. And... It pretty much ends that little series or should end that little series between the two. So Carmelo Hayes goes on to win and he's going to move forward, get closer to that championship opportunity. Apollo Cruz, you know, he kind of he's kind of just there to put guys over at this point. Um, but it was a it was a good match. Gallus ends up uh, against the New Day, Chase U, and Pretty Deadly. And uh somehow Gallus comes out of that to capture the NXT Tag Team Champions. Uh, the championships, and I think the biggest takeaway from all of that was that Gallus really looked the best out of all those groups. And, you know, nothing against the New Day or Chase You Were Pretty Deadly, 
but gals has a little bit more swagger right now. They're walking with a little bit of a bigger chip on their shoulder right now, and that's what the fans in the WWE NXT universe want. Then you had probably the best match, Roxanne Perez versus uh, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane in a, in a triple threat match. Um, and they really worked together to beat, you know, to try to beat Roxanne Perez, but she came out on top, and right now she's the hottest thing in the business, and she's the the best uh, woman wrestler right now in the business is Roxanne Perez. I mean, she's already had an opportunity at the Women's Royal Rumble, folks, and she's on NXT. So that should tell you a lot. I know some other women did too, but it's not the same. It's not the same impact. They're not bringing the same fire that she's bringing. Then we finish off with a, you know, kind of a lackluster match between Braun Breaker and Grayson Waller, where Grayson Waller beats up on him pretty good, but then Braun Breaker comes out on top, and Braun Breaker's not going to lose his NXT championship unless it means something. It has to mean more to lose it than it is to gain it for him to lose that belt, folks. So those are the Flash Boys from WWE NXT Vengeance Day. I did enjoy it. I watched it all the way through. I thought it was, you know, the matches were good. The crowd was in it. They were getting involved. So they set it up really well. Then you get uh, to something yesterday where we had a NASCAR Bush Classic at the Coliseum. And they really did have a good duel. They, you know, it was a lot of back and forth in the racetrack. And wouldn't you know it, Martin Truex Jr. comes out on top and he wins the race. You had a couple other guys who competed really well. Some guys went into the wall early. You know, Kyle Busch ended up coming in third place. And uh, he's he's looking to maintain steadiness through this season, you can see. And that was big for Kyle Busch to finish that race, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, but no... Mark, that was Martin Truex's race to win, and, and he really did put on a good performance. Um, and then how they had Cypress Hill perform, then they had Wiz Khalifa perform. They really need to always do that at NASCAR. Like, always have a performance. Always have some people there performing at every race because you're going to get more views that way. So then to wrap it up, uh, the Pro Bowl. Yeah, the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a little bit different, right? Because there, there was three games. And they, then they had some other type of activities going on too. Some other games they were playing. None of them were any good. And the, what was good was the actual kind of, they were doing flag football. So, I mean, that was good about the first two times. Then we got to the third time and it was like, this isn't necessary. And, uh, no, that ended up being the night and that was it. Then we move on to, um, kind of my, my, my end thoughts of the Pro Bowl, which is like, just let them play. Just let them play. I mean, just let them play a game, and instead of maybe four quarters, you do one half of football. The defenses aren't going to bring it, so what does that matter? And guys, you know, that don't want to play in the Pro Bowl, don't play. Someone else will take your spot, so that's what I have to say about that. But a real football game is what people want to see. They don't want to watch that other stuff. So they'll, they'll learn from that. So I got a hidden gem for you. You stayed all the way through it, so I got the hidden gem for you. It's on Peacock. Uh, it's a documentary. It's a Kyle Busch documentary, as a matter of fact, called Rowdy. It's brand new. Just landed on Peacock. I watched it. Really interesting. You learn a lot about Kyle Busch. You learn a lot about why he is the way he is. And even learn some things that you didn't know before about Kyle Busch, if you care. But if you like NASCAR, if you like racing, that's a good documentary to watch because you're going to learn a lot. You're going to see uh, through the lens of Kyle Busch for a little bit there. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Thank you for listening to Preston's Super Show. God bless you. Palms 37.4.